Welcome to the Rody Rumpack. I'm host Jeff Rohn, and I have a great interview for you guys today with professional basketball player Jeff Xavier, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI sports-focused podcast where we deep dive into our college, high school, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rogue Run Back, episode 18, and I have an amazing interview for you guys today with professional basketball player Jeff Xavier. Jeff is from Rhode Island. He played his high school ball at St. Ray's. He also played his college ball at P- PC, and now he's a professional basketball player in La Liga for Circus Basket. I had a lot of fun doing this interview with Jeff. We talked about his time playing at St. Ray's, his recruiting process, and what his decision was like to go to Manhattan University, and the decision to transfer to PC. And his time, and now, and now his time playing overseas. Another message that I think Jeff delivered, and we had spoke off off air about, which was really cool, is that Jeff never gave up. And I think his message that he he had told, you know, that we had talked about and is delivered in this interview is: it doesn't matter where you come from, you just never give up and follow your dreams and keep keep trying to achieve those dreams. Because if you're a basketball player in in Rhode Island, you can go somewhere, you can achieve something, you can be you can be someone out there, you can play professional ball overseas or you, one day you can make it to the NBA just don't give up and I think that's what Jeff's you know just messages in this whole interview and we did speak about it off air and I wish I had recorded it but he had mentioned that you know he never gave up on anything that he did and he does say that a bunch like even when times were tough for him he never gave up and he played hard and he worked hard and worked his butt off to get to where he is today and it just achieved great things so I think the message in this interview which is awesome and I think a lot of you uh kids who play ball out there and i think jeff delivers a great message that you know if you play in rhode island it doesn't matter where you come from you're going to be found and you're going to be able to play basketball and don't give up and keep trying to achieve your dreams because great things will happen so i really enjoy that about this interview and i really just enjoyed that talking with, uh, with jeff himself so jeff is an like a great guy uh, laid back and as you can tell very laid back we talk about it also in the interview is just laid back so i really hope you guys enjoy this episode i'm sure you definitely will but before we get into the interview you can watch all our interviews on youtube by searching the roadie run back or if you're driving working or you know running or working out or something like that where you can't watch the interview stay tuned here remember to subscribe to our youtube channel or whatever wherever you listen to the podcast um, but here is our interview with jeff xavier on today's podcast, I welcome on a very special guest. He is Jeff Xavier. He's a professional basketball player for Cascris Basket, and he's a former PC alumni. Jeff, how is it going? Good. How about you? I'm doing. I'm doing well. How uh, How are you doing during these uh, COVID times? Uh, it was tough uh, when when it first started in March. Uh, obviously, the season ended short. And we're, we finished in third place and we had a great chance to win the league. So oh, no. it, was, it was tough. It was very tough. It was a tough and weird situation at the same time. So that, that is really tough. What's it like now during, you guys are obviously out there now, but what's it like, what's it been like with like the practices and with the outcome season, are they allowing fans in the, in the stadium? Uh, yeah, actually during the preseason, we had a, like uh, maybe four or five preseason games um, and two out of the five, we allowed fans. Um, but then, the, the second wave started happening here in, in this city in Caceres. 
So then the, we had another preseason game and they said, we can't, we went back to like phase two or something. So everyone, uh, would, they didn't allow any uh, fans in the, in the arena. The, oh, wow. the last preseason game. So, but we'll see for the next, uh, for the season opener in a couple of weeks. So. Oh, wow. That's, that's but crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, are, are you guys wearing like wearing masks over there still? Or like, how's that work over there? We leave the house. Imagine even even if I go take out the trash or something, I ha it's mandatory to wear a mask. Wow. We have to wear it everywhere we go. Uh, it's like the new norm here. It's like you don't you literally don't see anyone without a mask, even on the street walking, uh, walking a dog or anything. Um, but we only take off a mask when we get on the court on the basketball court. Wow, that's crazy. So it's way yeah. different from here because you have to wear it when you take out the trash and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's completely different here. It's uh, and, and you get a, a big fine here too if if, it, if they if the police catch you without a mask. So, wow, that's yeah, yeah that's totally really different. nuts. Um, yeah, I want to take a step back now. I want to get into, um, you know, when you first started playing basketball. Like, what age did you start playing basketball and kind of realize that you were like really good at the game? I started playing when I was six years old. Um, I was born and raised in Pawtucket. Uh, and I always lived in a projects growing up, and there was a boys and girls club right next to my, uh, right next to my where I lived. So I was going there more or less every single day, and that's when I started playing basketball when I was six. So, and I loved it from the first time I touched the ball. And that, yeah, that, I went, I went from there. That's awesome. And was there like a player when you were growing up that you really like idolized or wanted to be like? Of course, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's literally, a... literally one one player that I watched that I had to go play right after I watched them, and that was Michael Jordan. By far. Yeah. It was... That's awesome. What do you think about the debates? Do you think you uh, you know Jordan's still a go, or is LeBron up there? What's that? Yeah, fair question because uh, obviously that's a huge debate after LeBron won his fourth. Um, but I definitely one hundred percent think Mike is still the go for sure because. Yeah. But the thing is about LeBron, he's, I love that he won uh, with three different uh, franchises. That's amazing. And number two, he, he, he's been playing. Imagine if Michael Jordan didn't, didn't retire like a million times. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think Mike, I, he probably could have had eight, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, but LeBron for me is like literally one step behind right now. He was a couple, two or three steps behind. But now imagine if he wins his fifth, it's close for me. It's really, really close. He's getting there. Yeah, He's it's getting close. I think like, and next year is gonna. I think it's gonna be a little more of a test, true testament, because I think you're gonna have the yeah. Warriors back, and then like you have some really good teams. I mean, you have Durant and Abu Brooklyn coming back, yeah. so it's gonna be like the NBA is actually gonna be really, really fun. Yeah, next exactly. year. See what happens. But if he wins his fifth against those guys, then you have to start. I think putting them exactly. in the conversation. Yeah, I'm a Jordan guy too. We grew up in the same era, so I'm definitely a Jordan guy. Yeah. 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 So I agree. I think he would have had eight if he didn't retire a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. But when you now when you were growing up playing basketball, what was like how did you end up at St. Ray's? Like how did you end up playing there? Did you end up playing at Pataka High School or did you end up just like going right um, to St. Ray's? I, from middle school, because I went to Lincoln Middle School. Uh from there when I was about to graduate uh middle school, um my parents actually and my AU coach was contacting St. Rayfield Academy. It was never an option for me to go to Pawtucket Public School. Never. Really? 
uh, I went directly to St. Ray's. Um, I, I took the entry exam to get in and I, I passed that and I had, um, they gave me uh, uh, financial support there too. So that helped out, helped out a lot. And yeah, that's, that's how it all happened. Wow, that's great. St. Ray's because of uh, TJ Sorrentine and Robert Griffin, those were my idols growing up in Pawtucket, so. Wow, that, that's awesome. And what was it like playing at St. Ray's? Like in 2004, you're named all national prep team. Like what's the, what, what are those honors like? And you average like 28 points per game, 26 points per game. What, what's that feeling like? Man, uh, it was great. It was great times because I, obviously I had great years, my junior and senior year and my sophomore year also. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was an amazing year I had individually and, and team-wise also, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great feeling. It was just uh, basically all the hard work that I put in. Uh, that's that's uh, awesome. And what like what's it like to win back-to-back -back state titles? Man, it was great. Uh, I actually won my freshman and sophomore year back-to-back. Uh, -back. It was amazing. And I, had, I remember my sophomore year, with, because freshman and sophomore year, we had the best team in the state by far. Yeah. Uh, but just because you have the best team doesn't mean you're going to win it. So we, we put in that hard work. And I, and I looked up to the, the juniors and seniors, my freshman and sophomore year, and I, and I saw how hard they work and how much they wanted it. And that really helped, that really helped um, me go into my junior and senior year also to try to be a leader. Um, but yeah, I remember my, in the finals, my sophomore year, I had like 22 points. And it was, it was amazing for me. The sophomore and the state finals, it was, it was something that I definitely dreamt of. So it was, it was a great time. That's that's so cool. That's got to be such a great experience and winning back-to-back -back titles. This has got to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and the, because for me, I, I went to my dream high school because I always wanted to go to St. Rayfield Academy because I had, uh, like I said, T.J. Sorrentine and, and Robert Griffin growing up. Um, and obviously, I went to PC, and that was my dream also. So, yeah, it was it was, it was cool. That's that's Same. really that's that's really cool. What was your recruiting process like, and how did you end up at Manhattan first before PC? Um, the thing is, Providence at first, they were, I, because that Providence was always going to be my first option. Yeah. Always. It was obviously, as I'm pretty sure everyone knows in the state of Rhode Island, that's my dream school. <laughs> um, but the thing is, Bobby Gonzalez was the, was the head coach at Manhattan. And he was, he was very, very recruiting me very hard, very strong and, and telling me good things, coming to visit my family a lot. and. And that for me, that meant a lot, you know. Yeah. And my parents really liked uh, Bobby Gonzalez, and and yeah, and Providence wasn't really showing that much interest, and 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 I wanted to go in right away and play. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to go and maybe sit out a year at Providence or whatever because I was, I was still very skinny. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know anything about college basketball or how tough it would be, any. Because in high school, you know, the state of Rhode Island is very small. Yeah. You know, the competition is, is tough, but not like other states, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I wanted to go in right away and play. And I know it was a mid-major school, but I know I could, if I worked hard, I could play right away more or less and, you know, go from there. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's awesome. And what was that first season like when you stepped on? I know you mentioned, like, the competition. What's it like to play Division One from going from, like, Rhode Island and playing on the Deep I football, man. I got hit by a train. <laughs> Man, I thought, the thing is, I thought I was going in like, oh, I just, you know, destroyed in high school. Uh, I'm going in, I'm averaging 30, um, you know, yeah. man, got in there, 
it was the toughest thing I've ever been through, man. Oh my goodness. It was, man, first of all, when I got there, the conditioning and, and the, the work, the work, the, the six in the morning lifts, I wasn't used to that. I, yeah. I didn't get that, man. And I, I was crushed. Like I was tired. I was, I was exhausted. Didn't play well. I was averaging literally like the first half of the, my freshman season, I was averaging three minutes a game. It, it was tough, man. So, but then I got, eventually I got used to it, you know, with, with my talent and my hard work. It, and I just never gave up, of course. I never give up on anything that I do, especially with basketball. And I kept at it. I kept at it. And I stayed to try to stay confident. And my second half of my freshman year and on to my sophomore year, that's when I, that's when I lifted off. That's, that's awesome. And what's it like to come into that, like, second, like, your second season prepared, ready to go, and, like, start averaging more points per game, and you just feel like you're ready to play? What's it like? Yeah, there? At, at that point, it's just experience, you know, you, you know, going through all the, the 6 a.m. lifts, like I said, and, and going through all the brutal practices every single day. You get used to it, and you get, you have experience, and, and playing in the games, you get experience. So from that, I knew what to expect. My freshman year, I didn't know what to expect, you know? And my sophomore year, I knew exactly what to expect throughout the whole year. And, and I came in and I started my sophomore year with, uh, and led us to the NIT. And uh, we're, we ended up this season in first place in our conference my, my sophomore year also uh, when we lost to um, St. Peter's. Um, but in, in the second round or something, uh, we got upset. But when we made it to the NIT, we beat Maryland, had 31 points against Maryland in the NIT. So that was like a you know, a season highlight for me that year. So, that's, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you, yeah, you guys went on like a 10 game winning streak against like, like, which is wild. Like, what, what's that like, like during the regular season, you guys, like, what's that like just getting hot like that? Yeah. I mean, if, if it, the team gets hot anywhere in any league that, and the team's uh, very talented and they, and they have hard work every, every single day in practice and practice and eventually every, every, all the, the whole teams, you know, they, they just get the confidence that they need. If you win two, three games in a row, you get you start to build confidence and confidence. And now in your head, it's like you know you, you don't feel like you're gonna lose. And once you have that in your head, it's really you're really a tough team to beat. That's that's crazy. And like you said, you went to the NIT. You averaged 34 point. Like you played you played really well against Maryland. Now coming yeah. in after that season of Manhattan, what's your decision to transfer to PC? What what makes that decision? Uh, because uh, Bob Gonzalez, he left for uh, Seton Hall. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, he was he was a great coach, one of my favorite coaches ever. Yeah. Actually, in my career. Um, yeah, he, he left. He went to Seton Hall, and my options were to stay, go to Seton Hall, or for sure go to Providence. And you know, I didn't really think much of it um, because I wanted to follow Bob Gonzalez. I wanted to go to Seton Hall. But um, I met with Kevin Kerbeck. Um, I actually saw him uh, at a dinner in Cheesecake Factory and we, we started talking. And that's when things started getting interesting. Cause I said, hey, you know, maybe I'm interested in going to Providence, maybe talk to Tim Welsh, cause Tim Welsh was the coach at that time. Yeah, yeah. And the next uh, maybe day or a couple of days after I was at a banquet receiving an award for, uh, for uh, at Manhattan. And I get a I get a call from Tim Welsh. I was surprised. He's like, "Hey Jeff, uh, we'd love for you to come to Providence. You had a great uh, two years in Manhattan, this and that." And from there, that the only thought that was going in my head was take everything and go to Providence. You know, and there was 
nothing that could have stopped me from going there at that, that point. That's awesome. And now what's it like that experience when you first like step onto that PC, the home court and being home and playing like, you know, your dreams like all coming true. You're playing for your favorite, the team that you wanted to play for and you're stepping on that court for the first time. What's that like at the dunk? It's unforgettable. It's an unforgettable experience. Um, I'll always remember for the rest of my life, really. Um, it's It was a dream come true. It was everything that, that I wanted and that I worked for. Um, and, and it came true. I mean, it's literally, it's, there's no words to explain that feeling that I had um, playing. Uh, actually, the first game we played Harvard at home against um, Jeremy Lin. Oh, wow. Uh, for 27 points. And I'll never forget that moment. It was incredible. It was like more or less the biggest experience and the greatest experience basketball-wise in my career, for sure. That's that's so cool. That's that's really cool. And now what's it like to be part of that? Now, growing up, you probably watched just the PCURI rivalry. Now, what's it like to be a part of that rivalry? What's it like on that aspect of it all? Yeah, I mean, even even the weeks coming to that game, all you hear is walking around, go to class, you go anywhere, go for a coffee, whatever. You're going to hear, oh, you ready for the URI game? You ready for the URI game? Man, that's all you hear. For yeah. A, a month before and the rest of the season after, hey, you lost or you beat uh, URI or this and that. I mean, it's it's the greatest rivalry in, in all of sports in Rhode Island, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I was great to be a part of that and playing that in URI. It was unbelievable atmosphere and at Providence is even better. Um, yeah, and I was very blessed and, and happy to, to be part of that rivalry. Do any nerves set in when you play in those games? Like, that you hit it's like it's all the nerves going into it it's like leading up to the game but once you get to the game okay you take your first shot you take your first dribble okay now everything goes away now it's it's something you do something you did for the rest uh for your whole life you know more or less yeah play basketball so that's when all the nerves go away yeah that's that's awesome it probably helps when the first shot if your first shot goes into it just kind of really yeah um and what's it now what are your thoughts too because now that we're on that pc rivalry like what are your thoughts of them not playing this year like of all that i I read that i read that um uh, a couple weeks ago uh yeah it's unfortunate i mean obviously it's tough times everywhere so i mean it's something that had to be done because obviously if you're gonna have the pc or rivalry you're gonna have to have fans there you know yeah and yeah so it's not the there's no rivalry without the fans, so it's for sure that they did the right thing of canceling, but it's unfortunate for sure. Yeah, it really is. It it, it, yeah. it stinks. It's kind of funny too, like how they said they couldn't make it work either because there's both yeah. both teams are in or out. I don't know. We could have fight, figured something out, but yeah, happens. Cool. I know what they. You know, you got to focus. I'm sure it's going to be a shortened season or something like that, so it might just be yeah. play a little bit more. But that's that's awesome. And do you have like a favorite moment when you're playing at PC that you can recall? Yeah. For sure, beating Pittsburgh uh, when they were number one on uh, my senior night. That's awesome. Uh, We beat them pretty, pretty, more or less pretty easy. And after all, all the fans stormed the court. Oh, it was amazing. That's that's in the half court and slamming my hands on the half court. I have a picture of it actually. It's amazing. I love it. That's so. 
that's so cool. Like that yeah. has to be such a cool experience for you in your senior night of the game and having the, the fans yeah. on the court. Exactly. Like so fitting. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's such yeah. a cool experience. How'd you play that game? How many points did you have? Uh, I think I had nine. I had, I had three threes, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was that year. Forget about it. I had a terrible year, but that game, it, there was nothing like beating that team, though. So yeah. I didn't. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. And what, like, yeah. what's it like playing in those Big East tournaments too? As well, at the at the Garden. Oh man, <laughs> to play in the Garden is like the you know the greatest arena in all of America. You know, yeah. probably all in the world, actually, all of the world. Uh, to play in there, it's, uh, you have to be lucky. You have to be, yeah, you have to be lucky to play in there. I mean, for any athlete uh, that plays basketball to play in there, it's like it's like they dream of theirs. Everyone, really. If you play basketball, you want to play in the garden. And I did that a few times, and I was very lucky to play in there. I mean, the atmosphere, the, I mean, just stepping on that court, it's like, feels like a movie, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. It's really cool. That's crazy. Is it like, now, is it like, is it just like all the lights on you guys, and like, it's like the crowd's like darkened? Is that how it is? Like, when you're, yeah, yeah. That, that's the cool part. It's like, everything, it's just, everything's like so clean, so cool. It's just, yeah, but the, the, the lights is all on the court and you can't really see the fans. It's, it's really cool. It's, that's that's got to be so cool. That's got to be such a cool atmosphere. It's so much like uh, like legends that play, coming in and out of there, played there. That's got to be such a cool thing to step on the court. Yeah, right. Now, now when you finished your PC career, did you know, like, did you have any NBA workouts or did you know you were going to play ball overseas? The thing is, my my junior year had a solid year. I had a really great year under Tim Welsh. And then, um, I mean, it is what it is. I had maybe one of the worst years of my career. So after I was done, I didn't have an NBA workout. Uh, I didn't have an agent. So I didn't know what I was going to do, you know? Because after my junior year, I was like, for sure, I'm going to have some sort of uh, NBA workout. Uh, maybe it's NBA Summer League. Um, for sure overseas, for sure agents are going to contact me a lot. Yeah. And after my senior year, every, all of that was crushed. So uh, right after my, the, the last game after my senior year, we played Miami, we lost in NIT. Um, I went right into the gym, worked out. I lost maybe, because I was considered for me a little overweight at like 198, some, 198 pounds or something. I trimmed, trimmed uh, down to 183. I played for my Cape Verdean national team that summer. It was two, summer of 2009 yeah. in the basket. And that's when my career professionally took off. Wow. I was averaging, like, it was like 28 points per game or something. I scored like 43 points in one game. And that's when uh, uh, the Spanish recruits were there from Spain. Um, and my, I signed with an agent there. And that's when I signed uh, to come to play in Spain. In a great league, so I was very lucky that I had that opportunity to play for my national team also, and get that uh, that get that first contract in all of country Spain, yeah. which is the best playing for basketball. So I was really lucky, and and that's another thing. Like I said earlier, that I just never I never give up, especially with basketball. I keep going. You know, doesn't matter if I had a bad year, bad 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 season, bad game, bad week, or whatever. I just keep going, and that's exactly what I did after my senior year. And, got that first contract and my career took off after that.
That's crazy. That and that's awesome that it all worked out for you, like playing for the national your Cape Verdean national team and yeah. able to get into La Liga, which is a pretty well like known league across like you know the European yeah. European and everything like that. So that's that's really cool that you got into the Spain the Spain leagues. What's it what's it like playing overseas? Like I know we we talked about it earlier a little bit, but like what's the fan base like? What's it like just being like over in Spain? Well, all all the all of the clubs here, all the teams are, are different. Um, in many ways, uh, the city, the arena, the fans, the, you know, everything else, how they take care of you, the apartment they, they place you in, stuff like that. Um, at first, it was definitely a change because I never lived in Europe before. Yeah. I, came, I visited Italy uh, when I was at Providence for a couple of weeks. Um, I, I went to China for a couple of weeks when I was at Manhattan also but I never lived, you know, anywhere else but the United States. So the first, first couple of years uh, was very different, was a challenge. But after that, it was, it was, I got used to it. And now my 12th year, it's like amazing. Uh, yeah. I, the, the lifestyle, and the way the, the clubs take care of you, it's amazing for me. I love every aspect of it. Um, the fans are amazing, are great. And obviously it depends on the club you're in also. I yeah. played for a club, but the, the, the fans are average. Not many fans showed up. Um, and I played for other clubs that it was packed, sold out every night. So it's it depends on what club you're in, but it's 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 great. That's really cool. And what's the food like? What's it like traveling and like the food? I mean, I'm sure you guys like, right, you guys play in other, like there's other tournaments within your Euro League, right? Like where you're playing like Super League. There's like a Super League tournaments. And- no, we did. No. Um, oh. This year, no, there we just I just play in Spain. Um, mm-hmm. When I play in Porto, we travel to different uh, countries because we played in a different league also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, traveling wise, it's like our our first game is in Malia, which Malia is owned by Spain, but it's in Africa, so we oh. have to fly there. Yeah, so we have to fly there. The traveling is usually it's by bus, so okay. it's long travels. Um, it's it's a little difficult. Um, especially after so many years also, but traveling is all right. The food is amazing. Yeah. Everywhere you go, it's, it's amazing. There's so many good restaurants. Um, but yeah, everything is, I think for me, everything is amazing, especially this year. This year is, is going great for me and my, my wife and my uh, daughter. That, that's awesome. That's so cool. And that's like exciting. And you guys play your first game next week. Yep. Next, next Friday. Next Friday. And you can, we can watch games on the La Liga app. Yep. The La Liga sports TV app. Um, they're, they're streaming every single game of mine this year. So I'm excited about that. Get to watch that. My, well, when I'm away, my wife gets to watch me play also. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to watch some games too. Even That's it's nice because cool, I work from home. I'm going to put them up there and watch some games. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. And what, uh, now I got to ask what kind of, what kind of wine are you drinking? Uh, white wine. White uh, wine. <laughs> yeah, I, I drink a lot of white wine. It's it's uh, it's my thing, especially on my off days. I like to drink uh, wine and just relax, kick back after a tough tough week. Yeah, but I don't blame you, man. I do that after work sometimes. So definitely, definitely, definitely need those days to relax, especially. I'm sure it's physical and grueling for you more than more so me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. And then now, is there one thing now, do you come back to Rhode Island and visit at all? Or like, do you? Uh... Yes, we, my wife, uh, my, me and my family, we went um, last summer. 
not this past summer, but the last summer, 2019, we went um, to visit my family. Went for like a month, a month and a half. Um, and then this summer we had the flights all booked, ready to go, but obviously the pandemic and the virus and all that stuff. So we didn't want to take a chance. So we didn't end up going hopefully next summer because we have another couple of flights uh, to go next summer, but we'll see how, how the virus is at that time. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it cools down by then so you can come back and visit. Is there something like, is there something you like to do outside of basketball and something that you like, like to do in Rhode Island when you're here, Zach? Oh, that's a great question. We, 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 my wife and I, we like to travel. We like to, uh, you know, explore the city. We like to, you know, uh, go for walks. We like to uh, go shopping. We like, we love the beach. We love the beach. We, yeah. We go to Newport Beach almost, what, two, three times a week. Wow. Um, I like to fish with my family. Um, yeah, stay nice and uh, nice and cool. Not not do too much. Yeah, I'm a laid back person more or less now. So. Yeah, I was gonna say you seem very like easy going, very family man, yeah. very like laid back personality. Yeah. yeah, I like it. That's that's like that's, that's that's awesome, Jeff. Well, Jeff, yeah. I can't can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Man, anytime, man. And, and make time. Make time for me, like that means a lot for and the fans and of course like everyone's been requesting you, so they always wanted to hear from you and have you on the show. So that this has been great. Oh man, that's cool to hear. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, we're doing it like we're doing Rhode Island. It's a Rhode Island focused sports podcast, so it's always cool to catch up with a former Rhode Island player and a Rhode Island uh, PC alumni. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. Happy to be on your show. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime, Jeff, you want to come on, we'd love to have you back on. I'd love to have you back on during the season, catch up with you, but uh, I appreciate your time and everything that, you know, make this work, downloading Zoom and everything. <laughs> so yep. I appreciate it. So you, you, uh, yeah, take it easy and uh, we'll keep in touch. You too, man. Great right. weekend. Thanks, you too. Yep. All right. That was my interview with Jeff Xavier. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. A lot of fun talking with Jeff and catching up with an uh, Rhode Island high school basketball legend and, you know, just seeing that he's doing great things overseas and just achieving things out, out inside and outside of basketball. He's just an amazing guy and I can't wait to have him back on the show. On Thursday, we will bring to you the head coach of Pilgrims Boys Basketball here in Rhode Island, Coach Matt Fontaine. A great interview with Coach Fontaine and we will see you on Thursday.